Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Footballistically, Arsenal is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. Hello and welcome to Footballistically Arsenal. We're back! Have you missed us? Have you missed this, Josh? Have you? What have you been doing with your weeknights? Whatever night we do it, Monday night, 6.45 for the last Had a little months. calendar and every day taking off a, a day by day as we draw closer to seeing each other again. Although yeah. I did bump into you in Camden yeah. a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. You're, you're in a vegan lunch. restaurant. I was. As is your wont. Yes, often at Mildred's and Jamestown Road. Yeah. If anyone wants to pop in. And we both went to the James Corden show. In, the Late Late in, Show. Uh, Lay-Lay we had Lay-Lay a picture show. on the sofa. Yeah which was good. Yeah. But so, I thought you were going to start this podcast a bit like Wenger and go, sorry, you're still here. Well, of course, that goes without saying, yeah. Well, yeah, how many years? Because this is my, this is my fifth year. there's nothing you can do about yeah. it. <laughs> That's the voice of Tim Payton. But I mean, boy, just before we introduce both, I guess, this is my fifth year yeah. in the podcast. It's like your... 27th year, yeah. No, no it's... Um, eighth? I think it's eighth, yeah, Jesus. Eighth it's incredible effort. It's ridiculous, yeah. Not yeah. much has changed. Quite a lot's changed. You think? Well, former podcast regular Ben Winston, who I tweeted a picture of him and Dermot a few weeks ago in my, in my, in my Throwback Thursday regular slot on Instagram. Of you doing a podcast Of together. us doing a podcast oh, together. Wow. I actually cut out Dan Baldwin, not because I wanted to cut him out of the picture, but because he wouldn't fit in the space properly. Sure. Um, and anyway, those are the, we just do it regularly. That, that, that team did it fairly regularly yeah. back in the day. And now, of course, Ben is one of the most successful TV producers in the world. So that's changed quite a lot. I mean, I, nothing's changed in me. I'm still at Dan Baldwin? <laughs> Dan's, Dan, oh, Dan's, Dan was, has been a successful TV producer for all that time. And he's even more successful now. Anyway, let's introduce our two glorious superstar iconic guests. Yeah. We've already heard Tim Payton's here from the Arsenal Supporters Trust and Life in General. Hi, Tim. Hello there. I just realised you are the Alexis Sanchez, aren't you? Yes. Forced to stay, <laughs> held, yeah. held against your will in a mediocre team. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that's me. And um, the man, the legend, Alan Algers here. Hi, Boyd. Hi. Um, of uh, of um, Arsene Wenger sceptical fame. <laughs> yes. And Betway. Realist. Realist. 
Actually, there's kind of three realists I feel in this room today. Oh, I do maybe, feel Josh is going to get yeah, quite a hard time. Me, I think maybe. Tim, myself, and Alan, yeah. I think we've all been on the kind of sceptical front when it comes to very recent years, leaving Josh alone. But maybe it's time. Maybe it's the start of this new season, this new series. We've got a catalyst of change. Maybe we'll move on. It's a catalyst of change, exactly. Well, Tim, there's nothing to talk about in terms of a contract with a manager anymore. The contract no, situation exactly. is elsewhere. It's, it's it's done. So maybe we'll stop. Maybe I will stop defining our guests and myself and you. Yes. On the pro or anti venger thing maybe we'll just try and rise above it or maybe i won't and i'll sink into it let's every single it. week let's okay. make a pact we'll try it we'll try until it. we've lost at least a couple of games we should be winning in the first two months of the season and people are calling for him to leave yeah okay yeah which will happen um i also want to say we, we have got a whole new format to the podcast this year this this year this season we're going to do two a week we're going to try it anyway see how it goes so this is our like regular shit talking rope droning rambling witchering podcast about arsenal and the, and the game we've just all watched like the charity show we're talking about in a minute and then this will be a second one so this will go out tonight monday we record, when we record it and then we're going to do a second one which will go out the night before the next big match so we're actually playing of course on friday we are the opening game of the premier league as i heard danny baker on so did anyone see danny baker said when he was like what what did they chose in that game if they made a huge error do they think this is this game was like happening when leicester won the league or something <laughs> um so we are the opening game so we're going to do a, another podcast which will go out on um, thursday night previewing that game and, and talking other kinds of shit about yeah. what's happening to yeah. arsenal we'll but i think it it's goes. good because you don't yeah, we'll see how it goes because i think it's good because you know there's loads of like preview shows aren't there on the radio like on national radio you know well, they all have their poops and you don't have to wade through hours of talking about other teams you just have to listen to us talking about Arsenal what more could you want? make sense makes sense you know you're yeah, not, we'll, you're not well I think there'll be weeks where it's difficult obviously we've got a midweek game yeah um, a lot of Thursday night games this year we assume that's true. Uh, so we'll see how it goes. But um, thank you and welcome back, I think was the overall message. That, that was my message. Mm. You, ha- you, especially you, Josh, psychic Josh, because you have written what can only describe as a glorious menu. I, well, Tim Payton slated it immediately really? after, after looking at it. He said, I've left out the juicy bits. Okay, uh, I'll bring in the juicy yeah. bits, yeah. yeah. But among them, you've headed it. It's a new dawn, it's a new day. You've, you've highlighted the fact that we're treble winners, <laughs> Asia Cup, Emirates Cup and Community Shield. Yes. Yeah. Um, you've talked about young blood, Reese Nelson, new blood, like as uh, blah, blah. Anyway, but who no. went to the charity shoot? That's what we should talk about. I thought you were going to go. You lambasted it, me. Well, for do not you know going. what? I invited you to go. You boys, did, and I thought I was going to be travelling to Barcelona yesterday. You, oh, so we, that's yeah, why I didn't go. go. I'm actually not. Well, then, I gave my tickets to um, to a family friend who, who, oh. who wanted to go, and I didn't go. So I've watched it. Tim, you we must could have, have gone. gone. No, I didn't go. <gasps> oh I was my expecting God. to be hung over in the euphoria of going to watch Usain Bolt win oh. 100 metres. Oh. Oh. That didn't happen. And I'd been, you know, the most important Arsenal event of the weekend was cheering on Mo Farah on Friday night, which oh, I was also doing. So it was a World Athletics weekend for me. Oh. But why I did keep he, an eye on it from the sofa. Why did Mo sort of acknowledge Arsenal? Was Wenger there? I think he's looking for a contract because he's kind of free in, in, in after next Saturday. I'd, we do I'd have give a him big a go squad. Left back. We've got a big squad, though, yeah. to be fair he's to Mo. quite fast. It's quite pacey yeah. <laughs> yeah even in the even in that yeah final straight uh, he, th- he thought that Wenger was there but I don't think they showed Wenger on TV he, he said, said the in the boss interview is here. yeah the boss is which here. is a bit ambiguous because you know you didn't mean, you didn't mean Stan Kroenke well, I thought maybe he, by he, he might have no he was most very religious he just this. meant God, oh, around God, him, yeah. Yeah. But he's yeah. talking about re-Arsenal, though. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's like... Well, Arsenal Wenger and the, <laughs> yeah. he's pretty much a deity. But it was quite in unusual. mind. <laughs> it's like, you just wired, so really emotional, so your last race, and he thought it was the time to acknowledge... He is almost like, I need work now. It was, I, I do need to be invited in the box or something. I Arsenal. think it was good that he got his priorities right, like Tim. It was mainly, weren't thinking about Arsenal, Tim was mainly thinking So basically, about. the only one who went was Alan Alga. Alan, staunch... 
Me? Yeah, Staunch. I was there. Yeah. Did you pay for your ticket? No, I didn't. No, <laughs> no I didn't. <laughs> had a feeling. Um, <laughs> but I've had years of doing that. Come on. And uh, what was your considered... no, Thanks to the people at McDonald's. Thank you. <laughs> oh, yeah. thanks to McDonald's. Uh, I mean, I saw some McDonald's branding on the um, on the. Yeah, boards. they sponsored the game. Oh, yeah. they sponsored the game. <laughs> That's why. There you what go. did they serve you at half time? <laughs> Pie. But it's not anything not, to do with McDonald's. Like, couldn't, you, couldn't you have got filet of fish? No, there's no oh, McDonald's food in there. In I was looking, I have to looking say, forward to root beer making a, making a comeback. Yeah, root beer. Yeah, they did. They, they, they popularised root beer, didn't they? And fillets of fish, which I still to this day, every now and then, like to treat myself to, Josh. Yeah, on me. the way into Arsenal or? No, 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 God, no can't get them Arsenal. Because then you obviously you need your fix of vegetarian <laughs> burger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously. Get the, I'm going to be fascinated Let's by it. It took what, 15 by minutes the... to get the first veggie burger. Well, well. they've <laughs> sent out emails saying there's a big revamp of the, of the catering and this, that and the other. They've I mean, been listening. What, the menu? They've yeah. been listening. I'm not, I, who, I mean, they kind of implied it in these, in the, but I don't know if they, they Why probably would they mean be secretive. They probably mean like the five star in sit down restaurants. Oh my God, the smoked salmon bagels have gone, there'll be riots. Well, exactly. Do not touch the bagels. Well, two years. Years ago, funnily enough, two years ago, Tim, they, they, on the first day of the season, they had a new in our section, our bit where we go, wherever it's called, which is which is this kind of the kind of white vulgar bit of the of the club level. Um, they had this kind of like um, seafood and champagne bit, bit, which was like literally taking the piss out of how you know prawn, it was prawn sandwich writ large. And they only lasted two games, then they got rid of it because it was like everyone was so embarrassed about it, and then they went back to having veggie burgers. Anyway, how was the game, Tim? I mean, obviously, we watched it. I, Alan. I trust Alan. Alan, how was the game, Alan? Sorry, I'm very tired. I watched Game of Thrones at two in the morning. I thought we started incredibly well. Um, the lineups. I think he did have one eye on the fact that we had a game, competitive game, within five days, and obviously Chelsea had a bit, a bit longer to prepare. And I thought that was why, obviously, we didn't see some of the. Uh, what I would think would be starting players for the Leicester game. But I thought we started brightly. I thought we had a good 25 minutes. Game got scrappy. Absolute sucker punch of a goal just after half time. where it's one of those things where if you're being really harsh to Arsene Wenger, as I sometimes am, no. you sometimes think to yourself, what, what, what has he said? You know, has he sent them out on the pitch saying... Anything to do with keep it tight. You know, we're doing well here. Keep it tight. Let's just keep sensible like most managers would. And, and to concede after 45 seconds was, was just ridiculous. Um, but then I thought, I, I don't think that we were out of the game at all. And a lot of pundits were saying that Chelsea would, were deserved, uh, probably deserved to be two or three up by, by the time the red card happened. I didn't see no. that at all from no. where I was. Um, Glenn Hoddle said it. I think Steve McManaman said it on BT Sport and another uh, pundit said it on one of the other TV stations. I couldn't see that at all. I thought we were in the game and I thought we deserved to win it, albeit by a, yeah. a penalty shootout, which had ridiculous... Uh, <laughs> A ridiculous miss from their keeper, which you know looked like he was trying to take a goal kick, um, and that weird format, which it, oh, yeah, the ABBA. It, we made we made his history ABBA, by ABBA. winning on on that penalty format. It's a very weird weird thing because um, there was a twelve percent advantage if if the two teams were equal. There was a twelve percent advantage in going first, right? Historically, yeah. If you just took turns, oh, they said sixty percent um, of t- of. Teams that go first six, that win. Is that so? You're no, no, no. So it was twelve percent. So oh, uh, okay, fifty-six to forty-four. Fifty-six to forty-four. 44. Oh, yeah. That's so much, that's, no, no. So it's a twelve percent advantage right, rather right. than okay. So it's near that, a sixty percent. Correlate with home advantage. <laughs> home advantage. Well, it depends on the division, but you would think that going to take 
spot kicks is is a totally different thing to actually playing out a ninety minute game. So yeah, uh, favourites for for that would all depend on the quality of the penalty taker and and uh, the goalkeeper at the time. And because Petr Cech has had a bit of a struggle with penalties, Chelsea were favourites as soon as it went to penalties. Even though he uh, never saves one, yeah, yeah. Even yeah, though we were sort of had the upper hand towards the end of the game, but I. T- I mean, it was weird the way they took their penalties, but it produced an interesting dynamic because if you're the team that have got two ready to go and your first player misses one, there's such a pressure on player number two to go and take one immediately after his teammate because actually the keeper stays in, yeah. in the goal yeah. and it very quickly then becomes your turn. And there doesn't, there's not much of a turnaround. Yeah, and even the mean, players yeah. were sort of walking away from the, um, the, the centre spot and they were sort of looking at each other as if to say, oh, is it my turn? Or, and so, so nobody really knew. And then Oxlade-Chamberlain actually had a penalty that didn't have much pressure on it at all because he knew that we had a penalty in hand to go 3-1 up with only... They could only draw yeah. then. So yeah. it's produced a, a weird dynamic. And I You're actually right, yeah. think that they, w- they will change it back. It was confusing. I've got wasn't a feeling it? they'll now, change it back. Is it back. now mandatory as the new system? Or is it well, no, they're trying they've introduced out, it for the League Cup and for the, the what used to be the Johnson's Paint Trophy for this season. So any football league competition is going to have it. Um, and obviously they, they trialled it yesterday. I've got a funny feeling that, that it will, will revert back. Because obviously once it gets to 5-5 to five, five, or, or five penalties each in your level, it has to go to sudden death because you couldn't then take two. Because you would say, well, yeah, yeah. how many have you got out of two? <laughs> yeah. We've got to try and match that now to make it a draw. Here's and then my, how many have you got out of two? Here's so. my question, because on the radio, because I, so I, I got so, it's funny you mentioned the BT Sport coverage. I got so pissed off with it. It was unbelievable. They were unbelievably cretinously, yeah. I thought, pro-Chelsea and anti-Arsenal. It, I, it really got on my nerves. And I, usually, I mean, I, I often find the BT Sport commentators to be terrible anyway especially I mean you know and so, so I, t- I listened to it on 5 Live whilst watching it and actually mm. the timing it kind of almost worked um, and on 5 Live they were much more pro-Arsenal they were absolutely mm. saying that we totally deserved to draw level when we drew level yeah. and, you know quite right I thought yeah. quite right quite fairly but, any, but my point was on um, they were saying more on 5 Live that everyone was really confused by the yeah. penalty situation lots of, in the crowd lots of players were walking out of and the penalty uh, right. the, the, the centre spot and then looking yeah. around at the lines but even the other teammates when Monreal walked out and he was Right, every, every, the other players were like shouting to him to come back. Did they mention it like in the loudspeaker to the crowd? Did they explain it to the to the crowd at all? Did they, they did, yeah. So as, as the final whistle went, because I mean, obviously, as happens at football matches these days, and certainly big matches, you've got people there that just don't have a clue what's going on. They really don't. <laughs> and uh, lots of people were actually leaving towards the end, even though Arsenal levelled it up in the Arsenal end. I couldn't believe it. Mm. Um, obviously, we we're in more of a hospitality area, which means you have got your fair share of neutrals and sort of non-football people in there. But people were leaving, and then at the very final whistle, they said the penalty, uh, penalty shootout will now commence to decide the winners of the, the trophy. That awful. Tannoy announcer at Wembley. I don't want to get on to him again. He growls every he growls every single substitution like Pele's coming on for his last game. Um <laughs> it's a growler. But um he did he did a mention and he did say under the new ABBA system. Oh, uh, okay. Now whether anybody took that in or not, I'm not sure. <laughs> but, uh, the players just probably weren't briefed and they yeah, didn't get I, the, but even the officials were sort of looked 
doubtful as players were well, walking up. It's not that complicated, it, is it? It shouldn't be, should it? It's I mean, not random. Yeah, Chris Sutton, do you see Chris Sutton on Match of the Day? He was like being all cocky. He's like, how can they not, how can they get confused about it? It's so easy to show. Yeah, Chris Sutton, Chris. he's always, seems all permanently confused to me. No, about he's everything. a good man. Is he? Oh, sorry. He's a friend of play with the Lakers. Oh, yeah. All right, I'll take it back. <laughs> well, it, it was always confused about whether to give the ball back after uh, <laughs> putting it out for an injury. Yeah, that will never, that will never die. That, that will yeah, never Tim die. Tim Sherwood in it. Before we talk more about, um, about your friend Chris Sutton, uh, let me just say that this season we've teamed up with Labrooks and we'll be bringing you plenty of specials. Our first is bet £5, get £20. This means if you deposit £5, Labrooks will add another £20 to your account. As a listener to this podcast, you can get this by following the link at bet.arsenalpodcast.net. We'll be tweeting this bet £5, get £20 link, adding it on our Facebook, and we've put it in the description of this podcast as well, Josh. Very good. So you and Chris Sutton, best mates. Well, so best mates. He he's genuinely, genuinely a, a nice guy. I'm a big fan. He's like the new um, what's his name, isn't he? The new slightly controversialist kind of kind of pundit, isn't he? But you know um, what? He, he I don't think he thinks that. But he he he's friends and not particularly from within football. I think you get a lot oh, of okay. footballers who are worried about speaking out and speaking out against other players and worried about what that might mean for future work and friendships. Of course, I think he's just sort of saying, "Look, my, my friends are my friends are not. I don't have that many mates from within football or former teammates." Um, he's absolutely football mad. He's yeah, his son's playing in non-league actually. He, Somewhere he's a goalkeeper. Yeah, he, ruffles, he, he ruffles a lot of feathers yeah, in think, Scotland, doesn't he? He's a feather rustler. Yeah, yeah. in Scotland. Yeah. I think he's very good. I think I, he, I actually, he's always he's very good. well prepared. I think he's, he's, he's very, very knowledgeable. Yeah, he's very thoughts? More importantly, any thoughts on the Arsenal performance in the charity community? No, they came out and played well. Yeah. Yeah, it's absolutely no correlation to what's now going to happen. No, he's a meaningless friendly. But you've got to feel... You know, more optimistic, particularly as I think that actually, you, you know, Arsene Wenger and the crew at Arsenal were negligent last season in how we started the season. We dropped five points in the first six games, and particularly to that home defeat to Liverpool, mm. where we ended up not getting in the Champions League by one point to Liverpool. Yeah. And so I, I do feel more optimistic that they've they've got ready this year better. They're more set up, came back to training slightly earlier the way they planned it all and at least I don't feel they're going into the opening game completely unprepared. How hard did you celebrate when we won yesterday? <laughs> Not much at all. No? I mean, we were in a slightly neutral area. Was, you've mentioned you mentioned your hospitality three times now. I'm just explaining. <laughs> Got a name drop McDonald's. Thank, thank you McDonald's. Yeah. Yeah. Um, were you no, one no, of no, the clans? I, I, I cheered, you know, I cheered probably... Because yeah. I felt I'm watching it. I was, I I was pleased. I was I, sort of quite happy. Yeah. I, I think any victory at More Wembley, you're there supporting your team and you enjoy it. I think... I probably I have over celebrated Charity Shield wins before. I think the United ones, yeah, <laughs> I think me. the United ones like three um, 0 I think in '98 wasn't yeah. it? And then when after they'd won the Champions League, we beat them. Was it one 0 or two one? And obviously Sheringham was there doing his like cup lifts and all that, warming up a sub. I, I actually think I, I think it's a decent game to win. It's a bit of a freebie. And um, Martin Keown was actually doing the after match in the hospitality, Josh. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was Costing saying that he, he got asked by someone who was doing the, the, the hosting in there, Jackie Oatley, who was very good. Oh, um, she, she asked him, you know, what's it like to win these games? And he said, he said it is good, but if you lose your next game, which yeah. is the important one, yeah, which we often that's do. absolutely 
all forgotten. Yeah. If you then carry it on into good form, yeah. you then start using it as a bookend to say, oh, yeah, we started off well in the Chariot Shield, and then, um, you know, we've, we've, we've carried that on into the season. So you're almost judging that game on what you actually yeah, do eventually yeah. rather than saying it's a one-off. And, and obviously the, the winner of, the, the, of that particular game has had a very poor record in the league yes. recently. So... Yeah, you know, like, you, need to, you need to add that in. This is the winner of the... I think it's six or seven. Oh, okay. Man U, 2010-11. But I did think, it's, yeah. still, it's, still a big, yeah, it's still a big thing. I think it's generally a meaningless load of nonsense, which is partly why I didn't bother going. And also because <laughs> I thought it was going to go to Barcelona yesterday. But, but having said that, this, this particular... Sorry, talking of a mean, meaningless yeah. load of old nonsense. I do love John Cross, you know. We oh, do yeah. get on well. But yeah. John's tweet at the end of the game... Arsenal win on penalties. See what you think of this, guys. Go on. Giroud strikes winning spot kick epitomises his determination and fighting spirit. Oh, well, no, geez, he I did mean, not say that. He did say that. And, and um, I was thinking to I myself, well, that. I was thinking to myself, well, he obviously just got asked, do you want to take a penalty? And <laughs> yeah. did. And happened to be in the spot where we were going to be 4-1 up on the double taking yeah. of the penalty under this new system. And hit it well and scored. And he did clutch what his part bunch. of it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's that I thought it was utterly bizarre to, to try and define yes. out of this game. Yeah. If it, so, if Giroud but had been. He's pulled an interesting thread there, hasn't he? What about Giroud? For the season ahead. Oh, God, yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm amazed that he hasn't gone yet. I mean, uh, and well, I mean no one's gone yet, have they? None I mean, about. May well what? play out on August the 30th. Okay, right, yeah. I mean, we've got a squad of about 80,000 people, so I can make out. Well, they had, a lot of people were tweeting the picture of the Chelsea squad against yeah, the Arsenal yeah, yeah. squad on the programme, and yeah. we had, must have had like another dozen players compared to them yeah. listed. Yeah. Um, before we talk more about that, here's a quick ad break. Footballistically Arsenal is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. And we're back from the ad break. Um, yeah, you were saying, yeah, there, yeah, there was a picture so on the back of the programme it had our, our squad, which like all the way down the page in Chelsea's, about half as strong. But it's, that, even that, but that's it kind of, for me, that's more embarrassing for us. I mean, they, I can't believe, by the way, they sold matches. That was unbelievable. But in generally, our squad is unbelievably vast and it's incredible we haven't shipped out. But you'll think, Tim, that, that by the time the end of the, tra- the transfer window closes, we'll have shipped some of these people out. Who'd Possibly. You- I think you've got two separate elements going on you've got the peripheral players who will probably go and they don't want to go at the moment because of the wage situation and the trade-off you get is Arsenal have to lower and lower and lower the transfer fee so that the club that receives them is happy paying the wages that are due but that won't make a lot of difference some of those players because they're not really going to play very much for Arsenal now the other issue that I think you've got and maybe you are including them I think that Lacazette, Giroud, Welbeck and even Walcott dynamic is fascinating they're all good quality players sort of on the fringes of their national team if they do well you know they've got to have a yeah. good club season to get in their national team with the World Cup coming if you're Sanchez oh my god hold on if you're Alan's Sanchez has got a table people say, people say oh Alexis Sanchez chart. Will, will, yeah. play, will play his heart out for Arsenal this season because of the World Cup what a load of bollocks he's in <laughs> Chile's team whatever happens in fact there's nothing the Chile manager would like more than Alexis Sanchez to have a three month rest Actually, over a true. cold hard winter so that he's yeah. ready for the World Cup same with certain players are in their squads and I actually think that you're going to get well, how is it? How is the dynamic inside the squad going to play out if one of Lacazette or Giroud or Welbeck is winning, you know, game time, mm. and therefore in the forefront of their national manager's thinking, and another one is sitting on the bench being told by I don't know Gareth Southgate, you won't come to Russia if you don't play more games. Well, and ha- but will that work to our advantage because they're all super hyped when they come in, 
or is it going to be a problem? But and, and it's it's a big factor, and maybe some of it will shake out on the 29th, 30th of August. Alan, what is that wall chart you're clutching? Right, so <laughs> I don't know if you remember at the start of I'm glad you've led, led into this, Tim. So at the start of last season, I said, look, this is uh, a, a season that ends in an odd-numbered year oh, yeah. and without a major tournament. Yes. And they have been our worst seasons under Arsene Wenger. All three title wins were going into major tournaments. Five of the best six seasons under Arsene Wenger were in seasons going into major tournaments, four of which were World Cups. The motivation that he can't provide for the players is always given by these big tournaments and usually give yeah. us a big season. So obviously last year, obviously terrible season, finishing fifth, mm. um, whereas you know all our title seasons have been in, in years going into major tournaments. And I genuinely do believe that that extra bit of motivation that's given to the players, not by the manager, but by their national team managers, is a factor. So I'm going to say that, if anything, it, it is set up for us having a good season. And competition in the squad, I don't know, Tim, you've got to take it two ways because I've, I've been... Set, set, I've sat here moaning before saying there's not competition for these players. As long as he keeps it fair and he does rotate it on a basis of, hey, if you're good enough, you play in all the big games and as soon as you drop your levels, we'll have someone else in. And I don't think that that's a problem. It should be good for the club. What I would be concerned about is the first bit you mentioned, those fringe players that don't want to go anywhere because they're on good money. I'll give you an interesting thing. We usually send, well, we did as well this year, but we send a, a team which is just called an Arsenal X11 and we send them to a lot of non-league clubs to help them out during the course of the season. The first one's Wood because we've got an arrangement with them and then we usually pick two or three around locally. One was Sutton before we played here in the Cup last year, um, about three years ago. Luton we've done before in the past. And we also did Leighton Orient this year. Now, in the past, those teams that have gone there have been like under 18, under 21 fringe players that have been smashed. You know, 3-0, 4-0, 4-4 at Sutton, 7-0 at Luton. This year, we've gone to Boreham Wood with about four four or five internationals on the pitch and won 4-0. Went to Leighton Orient for a a friendly last week with uh, Jenkinson leading the team out and... Uh, Debucci playing in the team and, we, and we've gone and beaten them by four goals to one so 5-1 five, five so even he knows that actually it's so bloated that he's not even taking these guys to, to, to anywhere else you know to, to, to be part of the squad and someone like Cole Jenkinson I, I've criticised him here before but he is an Arsenal fan he is being paid to be at the club he loves a ridiculous amount. Some people, some people think it's around sixty k. Is that right, no, it's Tim? Forty-eight thousand. Forty-eight thousand. Right. Just forty-eight thousand a week. <laughs> Just. Is that a fact, Tim? Wow. Well, I think it's precise enough, and I'm going to trust him. On <laughs> yeah, that. it's very exact. It's now, not forty-eight thousand a week yeah. to be to be asked to play in the odd reserve game down at Boreham Wood, which is a short drive from your home, and not do much else, and maybe be involved in a few League Cup games, or to take 25 and play at Crystal Palace under Sam Allardyce, who's going to drill you every week. I don't know. I, I, I don't know what you'd do. Is he that ambitious? Because I'd take the 48, and I know most people would. So you can't blame him. You've got to blame the, the structure that's allowed that to happen. But he's about to, in the next two, three years, Cole Jenkins is about to elevate one spot in my mind. Because I'll tell you one thing now, Cohen Bramall will outstrip him as the worst ever signing we've made. <laughs> He will, yeah. I mean, so I said, seen... I said, I doubted it when the Headnesford uh, fans on Twitter, you know, following non-league, said to me, 
that they were absolutely puzzled by that signing because he'd had one good game for them. <laughs> and it's on YouTube. And Has someone just taking a massive pay so out of depth. He looks so no, out of like, depth in that Chelsea game. Have you watched him in some of these under-21 yeah. games? Uh, he looks so out of depth in that Chelsea game. Like, felt sorry for him. I mean, people were tweeting, you know, horrible stuff to him. But again, if you're coming Bramwell, do you want to come to Arsenal and play for, uh, I guess in his, he's got like 10, 15k a week? Yes, of course, you know, a, a huge club. But I tell you what, he will be massively out of his depth. And it's a shame. And I don't know how these those two transfers ever happened. Who, I really who, don't know. Who makes those decisions? Who's in charge of you know bringing these young players? It says he's ear bended by a non league scout. Surely, it, I mean, the decision is made by Arsene Wenger. Yeah, right. But, but I mean, but he must but have, a scouting yeah. team will have yeah. put names up, yeah. and they'll be in different categories. Take a punt on this one. Mm. You know, world class, mm. big money on this one. Coming into a Bosman on this one, and you know, he's probably in the punt category. Yeah, you imagine Jenkins Not probably. also definitely. Jenkins is quite excited about just getting the new kit every year from us. I mean, sort of imagine that he's yeah. going to go to the club shop and buy in, it. He was looking very happy in the photos and the Puma. Yeah, delighted he gets a tracksuit. He's different yeah. class. He's yeah. honestly different class. I've said it before yeah. and I said it again. The junior gunners open days, the last one. He's always there, but he. he he sort of acts the way I would as an Arsenal yeah, player. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Arsenal, presumably, let's say Crystal Palace are offering him 25 grand a week. Arsenal could take a view to do what like Man City have sometimes done to get people to leave, which is supplement their wages. You know, put money towards his wages to, to still have him on the payroll, but get him out. Yeah. What it does, you could say, right, you're not going to have to take a pay cut. Guess, right, so yeah. Palace might pay 25, we pay 25. There's a bit of a transfer fee and he leaves the club and he sort of doesn't take a wage cut. But then he's not at the club he loves and he's still due the 48, isn't he? Well, if, if he yeah. sticks to his contract, well, he's still due the it is, 48. It is, how it, it is how it's done, Josh. Yeah, you, like City. You'll see them go, they yeah. go on free transfers. because that, And then what the buying club does is make a payment, like a signing on fee. Yeah. And then they can put them on 25k a week, so they're not at least notionally breaking their wage structure. Because yeah. the last thing that the yep. Crystal Palace dressing room can have is someone that plays like money. Carl Jenkins and I've got to feel sorry for, but there's others that for got Perez, got Joel Campbell's on the list. Oh, I feel actually, Perez. Is, you, here's a little question because you know, obviously, Lacazette came in and got the number nine, which obviously was yes. Perez. Do you know what number they gave Perez? 82. Do you know? <laughs> No. 999. I had no idea. You don't know. I had no idea, but then on the back of the programme yesterday... He's not there. He was down as 28. (laughs) Oh, okay. I I like the idea that anyone's gone in the club shop and gone, right... Poor Perez. Perez one, one day, I hope you're right. But come on, you can't feel sorry for these people. But I'm sorry for Perez. No, I don't feel sorry, sorry for him. I know he's, he's on loans, amount of money. But he yeah. must, have, he, you know, he signed to us and thought, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, take over from that useless twat Giroud and, you know, have a good run Did in you the see team. Wenger's comments. Front. No, not, like, it was very unusual for yeah, me because they actually said, yeah, sorry, yeah, there's too much competition. It's such an unusual. I know. Even with, you know, the stories about that transfer must be true, aren't they? That the rumours were that he didn't wasn't involved. Wenger wasn't involved. No, I think it's genuinely. In some ways, it was Arsenal once doing the right thing which was buying cover when Danny mm. Welbeck got fit again any need for him disappeared would you would you well, take you say that, but still would played. you take Perez <laughs> or, or Welbeck if, 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 if you were told now that one of them had to play 20 games next season who would you take out of the two? We Be- don't see enough of Perez I, well, of I know Perez. you're not keen on Welbeck are you, you think he's not good I just, I, just, I just wonder I just, I just wonder if Welbeck is one of those players that I always mention on, on here that <laughs> they improve for when they're not on the pitch for what we think we're missing of them and then when they come back 
they're never as good as what we've a bit got in that. our minds. Yeah, there was a bit of that. And yesterday, I didn't sense that around me. A lot of the sort of younger Arsenal fans, like, yeah, well, but, well, you know. And and actually, he, he had a roughly good game in the, the role that he was meant to do. But I just thought to myself, I've got just got this feeling with Welbeck that he just might not reach those heights. Mm, it, yeah, and he'll do that one thing every now and again, that mm. the, the Leicester goal mm. on his comeback. I mean, that was brilliant because he, he bought 10 matches worth of vouchers to be rubbish or mediocre after that because of that story on his comeback and us going to, uh, title favourites from, from winning 2-1 in the last minute. But actually, what was his contribution after that? I, I, I'm, no, I'm I agree. I'm have... not a fan. I want him to do well, but you I just had... wonder if he when might was the United winner who won that gold in the FA Cup? That was yeah, a, that, that was, was prior a, I think that was his most injury, defining yeah. moment. Yeah, that was, that was March about two years ago, 2015. I think going back to the two minutes earlier, we have got a little gaggle of a kind of attacking players, Welbeck, Walcott, Iwobi. But yeah, well, you say it's great, but my point about them is, I mean, even as, of course, as Theo's biggest fan, um, they're yeah. all kind of like not What's he done quite, with his hair, Are any the of them Walcott? title winners? Are no. any of them actually well, title winners well, that you're going to see a medal draped round their well, neck in me, May? I mean, I know I'm ridiculously biased, but if Theo was given a run, I think he, I think he could be. But I don't, I see, I, I think Iwobi, I'm not, I, I just look at Iwobi and I think he's kind of doing the same things that we slug off Theo for, you know, the mm. people slug off. I don't, but people do. No end product, a lot of kind of, you know, Runs, but in the end, it often doesn't do that final pass. Doesn't commit that final pass. But he, was, he played a lot of football. Score that the- goal that you expect him to score. I don't expect, but I'm saying one. Well, my bigger point is, without yeah. picking on any individual, that we've got kind of little gaggle and make you know maybe Lacazette's in those until we see, see much more of him of kind of good, but not no one outstanding. A strike up front prospect, you know, they're all kind of and they're all competing for these places, yeah. and maybe which he'll is, just rotate them. All. Which is why we're all going to be asked to do predictions, we're all going to be asked to have a season go, certainly are, and we <laughs> cannot get near to making a sensible one until we know what's happened with Sanchez on the 31st of August. Right. Well, of course, that is the big question. Uh, well, Tim, hang on, do you really think there's any chance he's going? Yes, really, yeah, really. He only has, I think, there is a definite chance that he goes. Um, all the power rests with the player. He only has to do what Van Dyke has done at Southampton today, and he's off. He only has to place one interview where he criticises Arsene Wenger or says that Arsenal isn't good enough for him or pens a letter Van Persie style mm. or gets a sore hamstring and goes off to an F1. It's ever a, If a player wants out, they can make it happen now because they just basically make themselves uh, you know, objectionable. Now, I don't know whether he'll do that. I... I feel that whether or not that happens will depend on how hard a club wants him and instructs him to go for that and what his agent's like. Could it not be like, didn't Suarez, isn't that famous, the famous 50,000 plus one pound and when Suarez ended up staying at Liverpool for one more season, he could do that. Yeah, but but but, Suarez was pretty clearly pro. Yeah, but the issue you had there, unfortunately, was that the club that had the chance of getting him was us. And he thought, (laughs) he looked at us and went, no, 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 thanks, mate. I'm going to wait another year and go to Barcelona. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, what Sanchez will have to weigh up is what, with the ticking yeah. clock on his career, what no, has to agree with another year and where it's coming from? What do you mean? You mean you? I you think, think this is a new, a slightly different Wenger we've got this year because. Okay, it's we're not talking about with, his contract. It's no, no. To do with I think it's it to is. do with how it Sanchez have, chooses to, to react to a decision or not. I think now we've got a slightly more selfish manager who has got two more years and accepts he's got two more two more years of which you know. So there's two more chances to win a league you title. He's become a short termist. I think he now, honestly, I think that is, is the attitude because 
you know, you can say whatever you like about him, but we haven't had a situation before with all these players going into a final year. Something's changed. Well, he famously did with say... With Oxley chamberlain with Will He famously said Shears, in that ludicrous press conference. Already he's had a ludicrous quote. Well, he said it's an ideal situation. Sanchez and Ocho not signing. Oh, yeah. uh, it's an ideal situation. You I mean, could, people said he was joking, but he wasn't. I watched him. He was not fucking joking. It was a he was surreal press conference. He was making a weird, conference. bizarre point. Yeah. In his own mind, they're competing somehow for not... You know, these people are refusing clearly to sign their future to up to Arsenal. I don't he see... He thinks it's great. I believe him. The way I see, and I've watched all these press conferences I always do and all these interviews, and, and no less yesterday after the game when he was asked um, about Sanchez's future, he, he said for the 232nd time, he's staying. But he said the same thing about Robin van Persie. But I, I, I just see a difference. There, there has to be a clear... So Josh, say, Josh what does he want. do? If he could have gone, hang on. What? Sanchez could have left by now if, if that was a decision of the club. If they decided in May... He's going. Yeah, but they hold gone. out, don't they? To the like, they, you hold out, and oh, then they get work sixty million on. Well, I, I just, I just don't if he sticks in a transfer, I don't know. Request, if he sticks in a transfer question, he doesn't want to play for Arsenal because I don't think his teammates are good enough. What do you do then? Do you still make him stay and believe it will work? I, th- I, I keep him whatever at the I moment. think Tim's absolutely right I think he's right and, I, and I, I'm also like I'm hoping that this won't presumably the best thing I mean, he did, look, I'm hoping he won't happen yeah there is yeah. heavily with him staying I'd have thought it is heavily with him staying now but For a few more, weeks yeah. ago he was odds on to be uh, weird, not an Arsenal player isn't it whereas with anyway? Van Dijk if we're talking about a Van Dijk situation and I've got a Van Dijk story if you want it in a second he I'm would sure always have been a transfer. No, it links into Arsenal. To, he's ten oh. to one. He's ten to one to stay at Southampton. Right. So he's, he's absolutely uh, engineered an exit there. I was yeah. told by a terrific source, which I won't name. <laughs> Wenger met with Van Dijk towards the end of last season in the in the first week of May. Um, at the Met Hotel and Van Dijk, um, you know, was asking about Wenger's own future at the club, and Wenger refused to come out to him about whether he would be staying at the club. And apparently that made a horrendous impression on Van Dijk, who was genuinely, genuinely interested in signing for us. So they've met, mm-hmm. had a conversation, and it's actually Van Dijk who decided is to that walk the same, away. Is this the same Wenger that's met with, like, practically close personal friends with Mbappe for the entire summer until we didn't sign him? And even more close I've personal friends with Lamar, who were almost certainly not going to sign either. I've got nothing on that, but I can tell you that Van Dijk met okay. Wenger. Let me do, well, before from, we, a, from a source, before, allegedly. Before we finish. Good source. What, what do we make of the summer in general? Because we're in, the, we are in this... Not a lot's happened. Well, we're in this really weird situation where we're all... We broke our transfer record. We broke our transfer yeah. record. I was got very excited about Lacazette. I mean, I got excited just because, just because we've actually made an effing sign. Of a, of a forward so that was exciting and um, Kolasinac looks, is, is already a folk hero after one, after one you know after the charity shield and looks a, a beast but really I, the cold light of day I feel it's like the bare minimum so far yeah, and absolutely. in fact unless he signs one or two more if he signed Lamar but you know then fine then I'd actually kind of be impressed the defining aspect of this window is always going to be Sanchez yeah and that is going to have to go down to August the 31st and who's nerve holds. We're totally hamstrung by that, aren't we? Because he does play over not, us in a big way. Because the thing that annoys me is if we were Man City or Man United or Chelsea, we'd just buy Lamar, if, if, you know, if that, I mean, if all, all sides agreed to it, which seems to be on the grapevine the kind of story of that transfer that everyone kind of would go along with it. But Wenger won't do it until he, he, he thinks he might have to sell... Sanchez, almost like, well, just buy the player and then deal with whatever happens after that. That's well, what other teams do. To me, the signal that he was going was the fact that we were prepared to put 
put down big money for Mbappe, although I do wonder how much that was just for our consumption. Because yeah. the idea that a club that's playing in the Europa League and has got a you know, 68-year-old manager coming towards the end is going to attract a talent like Mbappe when Real Madrid and Pep at Manchester City can come in. It's just a bit laughable, really, isn't it? Unfortunately, he's out of our league at the moment already. Yeah. Yeah. But I do think that the big money Arsenal were talking about earlier, I just felt that has to be because they know that Sanchez is going but remember that and this is the other thing everyone at the moment says Sanchez stays he must stay it's really important but the amount it's going to unsettle that team and us you know every nuance of his body language will be picked up on Mm. what what if he's in effect signed for City by January he can't actually legally sign for City but it can all be done and dusted or he can have a deal with another club you might have Urzel in the same situation it could pull things apart everyone you know it might equally be that he just plays like the roadrunner and goes fully at it (laughs) for every game but if he is letting the contract wind down does he go into every tackle with the same intent what is his view about world cup playing for us i really think it's a a, you know it's a horrible kind of you know stalemate situation where i really don't know what's better i think still feel just about what's better is i want him to stay because i just don't think of getting someone like that if he goes but i think if he stays it can get very messy alan what do you make of the the whole summer situation in general i I just think it's been a a, an average one as you said and there's not been that okay I, i really like lacazette but we needed that anyway we've needed that for a while um and obviously it's created a bit of competition it might open up the exit for a couple of others. Kolasinac looked good yesterday, but again, I just feel we need... To me, the whole squad, and obviously we're going to do our season predictions, to me, the whole squad, as we said about 10 minutes ago, it just doesn't strike me that there's someone there that's going to raise them up to being title winners. There's just, you know, there's two, two or three superstars and not much else. And if you've looked at any team that's won the title for Arsenal in the, in recent years. They've done something special. They've had to go and do something special. They've won a couple of away games where you didn't expect them to at big teams or they've gone on a massive unbeaten run or they've had their backs against the wall and then gone and won in, in, in unlikely circumstances. This squad just doesn't strike me as someone's going to drag them up and do that. Um, and you'll mention the FA Cup. I just I don't think you can correlate FA Cup with the league, and we've seen oh, that. No, we've seen I, that. You know, look at the FA Cup wins in recent all, yeah. years. Yeah. I mean, James Ollie's saying we've had nine games, nine wins on the trot at Wembley. We haven't really. We've drawn to some bloody awful sides there. <laughs> we've had nine successes. Uh, nine successes, but <laughs> yeah, we've drawn nine results. To, yeah, I mean, look, Reading, yeah. Wigan, Hull, Aston Villa, all been in the championship since. Three of, in front three, of three of which we had to we actually drew against because if you know you were betting on us to win the game, you'd have actually been settled on a draw. Mm. So. Um, and obviously yesterday you would have done. So let's not get carried away. Yeah. But I can't see anything in that squad that says we're, we're going to raise up to, to, to do amazing things next season. I agree. And you, you have to do amazing things to win the league. We're running out of time, Josh. But do you think, are you, are you, are you more optimistic? Do you think there is, you do see things in that squad to raise you up the squad to is levels stronger. of ecstasy? The squad is stronger because of very little going out. And we've got oh, yeah. two players who are presumably yeah. being off match they squad every single week but it isn't stronger if, it's not stronger if Peri- if, uh, if um, Sanchez leaves no but I I, I personally you know that, that how he's does not it leaving. compare Josh you say it's stronger is it relatively stronger is it stronger than City they finished above us in no, the league I think Manchester City will win the league and they've added more players in the same with United that's how you've got to look at it these other clubs that finished 
above or just below mm. us, how do our incomings yeah. Oh, yeah. compare to their incomings to create the overall picture? I still think, I think the jury's out until the 31st. Yeah. I think the two yeah, signings that have come in mm. are very strong. Keep Sanchez and he's happy and one more good signing. And I think mm. that's a squad but that, that ju- could do something. That judgment on Wenger, and, and I've, I've said it before, we, 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 we've often agreed with it, Okay, you only play City twice, you only play Chelsea twice. They have spent fortunes. United are about to do the same and did so last season. You only play them twice. If, and you know, I say this as a, a Wenger realist, as I paint myself, if we compete well in all those other games and it just so happens that those teams that spent fortunes are just fractions ahead of us, but we've done all we can in the other games and and we look like we've competed, then I wouldn't sit here, if, even if we came fourth to them over a fractional points difference next season, say, look, we've done our very best there against teams that have massively spent. Yeah. But I, I still don't think we'll get even close enough for me to be able to give that credit. I, no. that, that's that's the issue for I me. I agree. We've, we've run out of time. We're going to be so we're going to be back on Thursday night with another podcast where we talk about our predictions for the season and the game coming up against Leicester. Thank you very much. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday. Bye. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Footballistically Arsenal is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. Sports Social Podcast Network.